podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to This Is Happening. This is Nathan Streifel. And this is Eric Morris. Well, talk about full circle, listeners. Um, we do a lot of these uh, episodes here in the place where I live. And the reason that I found this place and have lived here much longer than I could have possibly imagined, that has nothing to do with her, but, uh, but that I found the place is our next guest, who is the beautiful choreographer, talented Kitty McNamee. She had a uh, career as a dancer, but then mainly transitioned into choreography and had a, an amazingly innovative um, dance company called Hysterica Dance Company that she ran for more than 10 years um, during which time I got involved however I could to try to help raise money for it or do whatever I could to help um, but it really was a breeding ground for incredibly innovative other choreographers many of the dancers who came through the, the Kitty McNamee Hysterica Dance Company experience you know, became hugely successful choreographers on their own, including Ryan Heffington, who's taking over the world with his blazing talent. Good for Ryan. Won't text me back about appearing on this, but maybe someday maybe I'll corner will. him on the sweat spot, or maybe I'll text him this episode when it comes out, and that might get his attention. Maybe that'll get his attention. He's listening now, hopefully. Who, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not about him. He's not here. Um... But you know who is here? Kitty McNamee, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for coming. No, really, honestly, um, it's very special to have you here in this place um, talking about your career in a place where it was all happening. You know, uh, when we met, it was obviously in progress, your career. You'd already started this, Erica. You'd moved here from New York, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and like so many of the my most favorite people that I've met anywhere, you went to the University of Texas at Austin. That's right. Um, with just amazingly creative people, um, like my friends Randall Rapstein and Rebecca Boyd and mm-hmm. other people that you introduced me to that you went there with. Um, Where are you from originally? Ohio. Ohio. But I was born in West Virginia. Oh. So I've come a long way. How long were you in West Virginia from? Just when I was born. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Where in Ohio? Ashland. But you, you also, small town. Then, yes, then yes, you grew yes. up in Texas some of the time. Some of the time. Mainly Ohio and then Texas. Okay, cool. How long And then I you? escaped. <laughs> but you went to UT, totally. which is I a did. great creative, you know, you know, atmosphere. Yeah, um, yeah. In Texas, if you're going to be in Texas. You have to be in Austin. Be in Austin mm-hmm. and yeah. go to UT and yeah. be in those programs. And that's where, I guess, because you, you were an actress, kind of. When you no, first, I was a dancer. You were a dancer, yeah. okay. How did, I dabbled you, in acting. Were you dabbled. dancing in Ohio? <laughs> I didn't start dancing oh, until I was 16. Oh, wow, that's, that's so pretty late. Yeah, so I started in my junior year of high school, and then mm-hmm. I went to Performing Arts High School in Houston. I don't know why they let me in, but they did. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is history. Was it um, ballet or what kind of... um, Modern. That was your first dance class. Yeah. Wow, that's very different. I did take ballet and jazz. Okay, yeah. But But ballet is hopeless. You excelled at modern. You found your calling. 
in yes, modern dance. Yes, absolutely, yeah. How did you discover that? Was it through the classes, through studying Martha Graham? I, I really have no idea, like, how you came to well, modern dance. Well, I started dance. on the drill team in Ohio. Oh, you were on drill team. Oh, my God, that's so funny. I was in marching band you were? and stuff. Oh, yeah, I played yeah. sousaphone. You did? All four years of high school, yeah, totally. Did you I do music I was in marching band in junior high. Okay, yeah. And then I went on to drill team. But the drill team in my school in Ohio was like the Rockettes. So it was legit. So I just had started. Mm-hmm. And I had this really lovely teacher, Helen Kaczynski, I still mm. remember. Shout out. She taught in her garage. Nice. And she taught ballet, jazz, and modern. But it was too late for me for ballet. It was just too late. Oh, she was like, don't even you bother. Ha- well, you, you yeah. have to already <laughs> have that technique. Yeah. yeah. 16. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's too late. But, um, yeah, and then I went to um, my junior year, I started dancing. And then we were moving to Texas for my senior year of high school. And I had taken this um, workshop with Gus Giordano in Chicago. And they said, you know, why don't you come and do teacher training? Because I think they could tell that I understood it, but my body didn't, couldn't do it yet. Because mm. I just started. But they right. didn't know I just started. I just sort of like, I understood, but I was sort of like a cult or a puppy or something. My body wouldn't quite cooperate. Right, right. And so we were moving to Texas, and my dad said, well, choose. You could, because I wanted to audition for a performing arts high school. Mm-hmm. Like I had sat in my room in Ohio and read dance magazine, cover to cover, (laughs) fantasizing, and then I found an ad in the back for Houston, Texas, performing arts high school, and I was like, oh my god. So my dad said, you can either do the Gus Giordano workshop to do teacher training, Mm -hmm. or audition for the school. So I auditioned for the school, and I got in. And they they had a very heavy modern program there. How did, um, what was the reason that they moved from Ohio to Texas? My dad changed jobs. Oh, what did he do? He was a consultant for, um, he had a PhD in business. Oh, cool. And then a master's in psychology. So he mm. consulted um, companies on like testing and training their employees. A PhD in, in marketing? And then what was it again? Business and psychology. Wow, that is such yeah. an interesting combination. I like that combo. That's really That's cool. Combo. It's effective. I yeah. studied psych yeah. and theater. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, it actually worked out really well. And how many siblings do you have? I've forgotten. Three. Okay. So there's four of you total. Yeah. Older, younger? Both. So you're middle? Yeah. Gotcha. Was how it hard you? to move? Like, Are right you before? middle? I have five sisters, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have two older. Was raised with them till I was 12. Parents got divorced. Dad remarried. Two, two younger stepsisters came in, and then they had another um, daughter. As well, surrounded by women. Surrounded by women, and I have three nieces, no nephews. I was the last boy born in my family. Wow. Last of the strifle line. (laughs) I I don't know if they're gonna get another one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's up to you. Yeah. Maybe not. That's. I'm not gonna have a kid unless I'm with somebody that I think also wants a kid. That's how I always thought about it too. I was like, I was never hell bent on being a parent, and I, I don't. You know, I'm I'm fine with the way that part of my life has turned out. Especially being gay, you don't just like you don't just go okay, let's have a kid. I thought and then it was really sex s- and then it selfish happens. of my own to think like I want a kid. Like it would have to spring out of the right relationships. Mm-hmm. And given the fact that I've had only the the, the wrong relationships <laughs> and some of the worst relationships imaginable, <laughs> None of them children kids. have not sprung out of those misbegotten <laughs> things. Um, but it's time to turn the page. And, 
and write another story. Oh, hey, maybe you could still have a yes. kid. Yes. Uh, well. No. I could. You're right. I, I don't plan to, but I could. Sure. If I were with someone and said, I really want kids, I would say, let's do it, baby. Let's figure it out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Was it hard to move when you were a senior in high school and like kind of leave no. everything? No. no, you were ready? Well, because I got to go to performing arts high school. Oh, so it was like a, it was really exciting. Yeah, it was very exciting. And you guys moved to Houston? Yeah. Oh, perfect. And also, like, living in a small town, I remember, like, I would watch music, music um, movie musicals. Yeah. Mm. Because I thought, oh my God, this is fantastic. Like, which ones? Um, Singing in the Rain. Oh, yeah. You know, the yeah. old school. West Side yeah. Story. With the yeah. dancing. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful dancing. But then I saw that. Breakfast at Tiffany's, mm. and I thought, my God, people are living like this. What am I doing in Ohio? Get me out of here. I want to be at a cocktail party oh. with, or either as or with Audrey Hepburn. Exactly. Yeah. I was so mad. I was like, what is going Where's on? Where's George Papar? Where's my apartment? Where's my neighbor? <laughs> I found him. Yes, you did. We had a beautiful time here. We did. We, I mean, it just it was, was we had a lot of fun. Um, some of it was very real. I mean, we spent 9-11 together that yeah. day. Oh, that wow. was uh, really tough. And you both had spent time in New York prior to that. Yeah. Well, you. We Yeah, I mean, from there. Of course, you, And yeah. we, yeah, I mean, we just, um, yeah, our lives intersected at a, at a really, you know, uh, you know, kind of pivotal moment, I guess, whatever. I mean, it was, um, I, I will say... I've always, you know, sought out, like, uh, um, friendships with really lovely women. Um, and I think, you know, early on, some of that grew out of my parents wanting me to get married. And so I would deflect that by, like, well, this is my friend so-and-so. Um, no, we're not involved. But, you know, it just was a buffer and a barrier and it created this thing that like, mm. oh, maybe he'll marry that person. Right. And then, you know, it, it was until I came out. And then I came out and then I had to move across the country because that did not go well. Um, and, but then I just kind of continued to do that. And Kitty was one of those people. And I just, we had a beautiful connection, which I adored. Um, and I still, you know, adore you. I mean, you got married and have a child and life happens, you know, and you don't see each other as often. But I think there was an awareness of it, too, mm -hmm. because I had, I like to host nice parties at places. And I had like a birthday party upstairs at a restaurant and there were, you know, a lot of people there. And this very beautiful, beautiful woman comes in and sits next to me and her name is Rebecca and uh, she's a dear friend uh, now. Rebecca. And so, you know, and she turns heads wherever she goes. I mean, her beauty got us onto um, P. Diddy's yacht in Cannes. I mean, this woman is beautiful. <laughs> no denying it. And uh, definitely turned Paul's head for a second, just like, who's that? And uh, you said, um, that's my replacement. <laughs> and it was true because <laughs> I needed one I saw what was happening I needed a replacement I also remember that we were at some dinner or something no it was the first time we met mm. and we were at Hat and Fiddle do you know who was there our previous guest last week's episode was Peter Page we were at a thing to see Peter and Randall and Doug Buden perform mm -hmm. at the Met Theater we had never met you went to college with Randall yep there was a guy there interested in Peter, 
named Ilo. Who rem- who cares? But I remember this. And so we're, for the first time ever, meeting Cat and the Fiddle and talking and getting along famously. And just and uh, so Ilo keeps saying, like, um, are you guys... When did he, are you guys married? <laughs> We're like, no, we met tonight. And but we like is Cat and the Fiddle closed down a few it, years ago? It did. Yeah. I think I went there before it closed. It was like a little Spanish. It was an English. Look. Yeah, it was an English, English pub, pub in kind of a Spanish hacienda courtyard. type courtyard. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. It was a great place, very near here in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, we met there, and like. But we created that impression so much, even after saying to Ilo, maybe he was drunk, I don't know. But, uh, you know, when, the next time I saw him, when he was on a date with Peter, um, he said, how's your wife? <laughs> and I was like, as I told you, I'm gay, and I met her that night. But she's good. <laughs> but we did have a lovely rapport, and we... Um, we traveled together. Yeah, we we had, where'd you guys travel? We went to Nantucket. Nantucket. Oh, that was Nantucket. fabulous. Yeah. He saved me from jumping into a pool naked. Oh, we had, we were at the Nantucket <laughs> well, maybe Film he didn't Festival. Save you. Maybe, maybe you should have. No, he did. No, we, we were at the Nantucket <laughs> Film Festival, and there was some actor kind of like you know flirting with Kitty. And why wouldn't you? I mean, Kitty is beautiful and lovely. Uh, but she came to me and she said, "If you don't take me home right now, I'm going to skinny dip in the pool." And I and she wanted to be taken home, so I, I said we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we did, and we then we piled other people into the car who started an affair that ruined one of their marriages. Right. <laughs> not guys, naming names. Have you guys ever but... skinny dipped? <laughs> no names. No. Yes, I have skinny I have dipped. Not. You've never skinny dipped no. in your oh, life. Oh, it's very freeing. I bet. Yeah. It is actually. It feels like especially back at in night. The womb. Especially oh, at night. Oh yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, no, it's very nice. You can't really see anything, and I actually shared a lovely kiss with um, someone who I had a crush on growing up um, while skinny dipping uh, when we were a little bit older. Um, and I'll never forget that. But that, I'll leave it there. I'm not saying another Sounds word romantic. about that. It was. I skinny dipped for the first time in uh, <laughs> Nocta Luca, which is the it was innocent bioluminescence. Enough. It really did So we all that. jumped in and then the, it kind of the water all glowed. It's off the, off the coast of Seattle. Very mm. cool. On an island. Did you say it was it phosphorescente? Did you, it was phosphorescent. Noctiluca, yeah, phosphorescent, like the the bioluminescent. Yes, um, I did the bacteria. same thing yeah. in Puerto Rico. Really? Um, yeah, Puerto Rico. That there's like a place where you can go, and it's they call it like aqua phosphorescente. And sure, same thing. You, yeah, you know, you swim around and like you know, like it all lights up. It's Pink pretty thing. amazing. Yeah, it's, it's very beautiful. No, and it's skinny dipping in the ocean is really freeing. Really? It sounds mm. scary. It is a little... Well, that, it, depends on how, scary. it depends on how rough the surf sure. is, but um, but it can be great. Yeah, I wouldn't go to Santa Monica and skinny dip at night. Yeah. <laughs> no, but just off of one's little private sure. beach. Sure, and, sure, um, sure, sure, it, sure. Um, If it's a calm night, why not? Why not? The <laughs> gulf, and the gulf is more With the calm. Right, you can see the stars. With the right company. You can see the stars. You can see the stars mm. very clearly. Yes. Hopefully, you'll have to come sometime, Nathan. Yeah, are we talking about where you live? No, Nantucket. No, oh, Nantucket. Oh, Nantucket. Nantucket. I would love. Where I have, a, love, I have a lovely... You're invited. We actually will... I think we're going to go with Georgie and do episodes there. In Nantucket. Um, in Nantucket, Amazing. yes. Perhaps on a funded trip. Who can say what we can, can say. make happen between now and June? It could be underwritten. It could be underwritten. 
Well, it doesn't have to be all of my time. Doesn't have to be all of my time. Favorite everything. Sponsors. Yeah, I know. Sponsors. We've yeah. Got, we've got, I can drink wine in Nantucket. We've Why got not? People coming in to perhaps sponsor. We'll see what happens. Thanks for listening to this unsponsored, ad-free early days of this is happening. We're, it's it's gonna, it's going to be quite commercial, and it's you know what. Enjoy this. Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> let's get back to Kitty for a second. Yeah, so, we got um, way off Kitty. So <laughs> we, we did. We were talking let's about let's go back travels, to the, the no uh, Houston. You went. You finished. You And then where did you go? For, you went to New York, right? I went to New York briefly, and then I came out here. And a lot of your friends were at Circle in the Square, but you were just there. Yeah, doing, just there checking it out. This is like taking New York, dance class. Martha UT. Graham. When you went to UT, were you like dance done? Dance major. Yeah. So yeah, Bachelor of Fine Arts. A BFA. I knew I knew as soon as I saw, like, when I was in Ohio and I saw this touring company of the Joffrey come through, oh, and I'd yeah. never seen a ballet company. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be a ballet dancer, but as soon as I saw that company, I knew. I was like, that's what I've been looking for. Yeah. Which makes no sense, because yeah. no one in my family danced. But I was like, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. So, I, but you are someone who imagines worlds in your head. Yes. I mean, as a choreographer, you do that. But, and you were, you know, clearly looking for that and looking in the paper, like I want to do this. And yeah, like no one pushed you into it. Like you, you figured it out. You found your path. I did. I was very lucky. Which I love. Which is great. But I really believe in dreams like that. Like you can dream it and make it happen. And manifest it. Yeah. Yeah. And you did. I did. Look at the life that you've manifested yeah. for yourself. It's beautiful. Yeah. Do you I'm always still doing that? Do you always choreograph to music and sound? Yeah. 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 I usually start with music, but you know, mm. it depends if it's a job. Oh right, sure. But. Yeah, because you do operas and ballets yeah. and things. Um, that may have other elements in place when you get involved now or a commercial or whatever. Um, But, uh, yeah. But when you're just thinking of creating your own piece, you like to start with music. Music, yeah. And Mm. sometimes I'll have some kind of story in mind or relationship or some sort of essence of something, but Mm. then I always have to find the music before I start. I mean, mm-hmm. your work, um, I, well, again, I feel really fortunate about the people that I met when I first came to this town. Yeah. Uh, we were talking to Peter about it, the posse that we all were, you know, and, a lot, you know, these people have had amazing careers. Not me, necessarily, but, um, you know. Just give it a year. Peter Page. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a very late bloomer, I guess. Um, but whatever. Um, no, but just like this group of people who are, you know, doing really amazing things, um, I, I felt really thankful. And a big element of that was meeting Kitty and the dancers and dance companies and the world of dance and the, you know, and separately from you, um, Ryan Heffington and Bubba Carr had a company called Psycho Dance Show. Yep. And you and I would go together to crazy underground venues. Sometimes Hysterica would be performing, mm-hmm. or sometimes you, you would do something there too. Yeah. But like we would go places like under the LA Bridge, and there yeah. was dance happening suspended from a crane, you know. Or and Nathan introduced me to something um, a couple years ago, which is called the Party by Ospenhoff, um, which is a collection of artists and people that want to, you know, go to a dance party, but there's often like a, a performance and 
um, element to it. And it really like has reminded me of the, the community of people mm -hmm. that I discovered through your world, the people that you and Ryan and Bubba and, yeah. you know, all of those people, you know, brought me to and introduced me to. And it was so nourishing, you know, as like to discover that L.A., you know, this Hollywood, right? you know, had this undercurrent of incredibly innovative artists who were making work for the sake of it. Yeah. You know, like, yes, of course, they're, they're in a town where you can book a tour with Britney Spears or Lady Gaga or whomever um, and do a commercial and whatever, but they were also on the side when they could, yeah. creating beautiful, incredible work for no money, you know, just yeah. like, just to do it. Yeah. Um, that was a really amazing time. I mean, people are still doing it, but I think that's something that's really rare I mean, people obviously in New York make work, but because everyone's so crammed together, I feel mm. like it kind of tends to look the same. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what in I LA, mean, you have like, to really um, you have to go out of your way yeah. to find a community. Yeah. Like in New York, like you're saying, like everyone's kind of on top of each other. Yeah. So a lot of the dance looks the same, and here there's you know a, people will pull from. I pulled from ballet. I pulled from jazz. Mm. I pulled from. Musical fashion. ideas, fashion. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we incorporated everything into what we we're doing, and it was pop. Like pop. Somebody said to me once, Do you mind being called pop? I said, No, because pop means popular. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know? and, and you were really like, I mean, I just remember when I first moved in here, when, you know, through Kitty, I found this place where I'm living, which is really a beautiful place. I don't mind. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, No, this is it. I yeah. could live here for a while. I mean, would I have liked to have amassed the capital to buy a fabulous house somewhere else? Yes, I would. But I'm fine with living here. I love the people. Yeah. It's a beautiful community. And I, I'm very happy here. So, know? so. But, but what I wanted to say, though, is when I first moved in here, Ryan Huffington yeah. was living in your dining room. Yes. And a fold-out Murphy bed. Yes. And there was so much creativity exploding from that bungalow it's true yours his i mean his was really something because his he has a lot of interests a lot of talents design he he was designing clothes he like literally his his creativity was literally exploding out of your bungalow and out of your garage yes you know just like oh my god, onto the, oh my god. into the carport so uh, into stuff. the you know uh courtyard here um, and, but it was a beautiful artistic collaborative yeah. that you really kind we of rehearsed curated. In the living room. I mean, mm -hmm. she I had, had a couch for a while and then I got rid of the couch. Yeah. And it was just, just kept it very spare. Floor, and we rehearsed there. Yeah. It was great. It was free. We had hardwood floors. Yeah. When, when you moved here, were you auditioning for dance things or? Not really. I, I joined a theater company and mm -hmm. I was dabbling in acting, but it was right. just such a wrong fit. Yeah. And I started choreographing their plays. And when did you gotcha. find Edge? Was it early on? Because a lot of the dancers you Around Hysterica, with... because Edge, Bill Prudich at Edge was amazing. This is a dance me, school here now. Yeah, Edge mm -hmm. Performing Arts Center. And they allowed me to rehearse here for free. Mm. So they sponsored us. And I mean, like four hours a day, five days a week. 
which right. now is what $30 an hour or $50 an hour, but mm. he sponsored the company and let us work there. How did you create a company? What was, how did that come about? Um, it was very random and spontaneous. I had already done little bits and then I decided to go, no, like duets for people. Mm -hmm. I wasn't performing, but I would do a duet Mm. or a trio here. And then I just decided that I should go to Edinburgh Festival. Oh yeah, totally. And then I decided, well, I guess I should have a company. I'm going to do that. So I, I Nathan just, has also performed in Edinburgh. Oh, you have? Yeah, so you it was know. amazing. I love the experience. Yeah, it was so, so awesome. I had to have a company, I guess. I decided, so I said, well, I guess I'll have a company now. And so, so, so the company was formed specifically to create a show for the Edinburgh Fringe. Mm-hmm. Who went? Who were the dancers? Ryan, oh. Bubba. <laughs> I did. I danced. Just because I couldn't afford to take another dancer. Sure. Brian Fred. <laughs> um, Shari Nice. Oh, she was beautiful. And Kim, I think that was it. There was just six of us. What was yeah. the show? It was called, um, I think it was just called Hysterica Riding into the Forest or something like that. And how did you and meet... And you choreographed Morgan? the whole thing? Hmm? How did you meet Ryan and Bubba? With I met Bubba first. Yeah. And then I said I was looking for more dancers, so he recommended Ryan. Hmm. And B- Bubba had already been dancing on Cher's tours. Oh, yeah. yeah. And on he, Fame, he was... the TV show. Right, that's right. That's right. I'm not sure how... I don't, I, don't really be, I don't really remember how I got to Bubba. But then I told him I needed more people, so he recommended Ryan. Was he choreographing yet or not yeah. yet? Yeah. He already was. Yeah. Bubba was. How did you fund a trip to Edinburgh? Did you... I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to go... It, it so happened. You made it Someone stepped in and paid for it. I don't know. And That's she doesn't amazing. remember. She can't thank can't them. Can't remember. She doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know we had a fundraiser. Oh right, right. Actually, you're good at that. We had a fundraising show at the Tiffany Theater. Oh, uh, so I can thank Paula Holt for that. Paula Holt, just the most beautiful. She owned a. She uh, let us do a benefit there. She's a theater producer uh-huh. in L.A. and she's produced all over. And I've worked with her uh, as a as a theater producer, yeah. um, but. Yes. I actually met her independently of you. Yeah. I had met her through Harding Jones and Dennis Deal mm-hmm. and Scott mm-hmm. Bakula and other people. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, then I became friends with her through you. And that led to working with George Firth and lots of things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which was yeah. just lovely. I'll never forget. And so, so, so I think that's how we, we just did benefit fundraisers. Hmm. That's how um, we did it. Sorry about that. And so did that core group turn into kind of hysterica? Yeah. When you came back to Not all of them, but most Mm. of them, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Sherry and and Bubba and and Ryan. Ryan. And then we just, I picked up Nancy after that. It was amazing. Oh, Nancy Nancy Anderson? Anderson. God, I'll never, I mean, Nancy Anderson was at the time. Actually, Nancy might have gone to Edinburgh now that I say that. Nancy was such a beautiful dancer, and she had an amazing career. Yeah. Um, dancing, you know, with Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, yeah. and I remember I just remember the story that she told about she got this the Gap Swing ad, mm-hmm. and then separately I knew her partner Adrian, um, I forget his last name, sorry, um, but he's a very beautiful dancer. She told a story about auditioning for that, yeah. and she said I got it because of Adrian. Um, because like they were partnered to do this thing, and it was a you know famous ad because they used this camera technique. It was one of those early Gap yeah. dance ads, and they used this camera technique where they 
um, did stop motion and then rotated the image. So it was very 3D looking, and it was mm. very at the time very innovative. Yeah, it was. Um, and but they looked incredible. It was really focused around them. Yeah. They looked incredible dancing together. And she just said like when they were auditioning, he looked at her and because she was just trying to remember the steps and everything, and he was like, smile, and uh, because she wasn't smiling, and she did, he did, and they got it. You know, it just. And uh, also, I love that she. She wasn't sent on the audition. They weren't. Her agency was not going to send her on the audition. And she was like, "Screw it, I'm going." I think it was her first audition. <laughs> wow. Out of Edge, she was on scholarship at Edge. I think it was her first audition. She was like, "No, I'm going," and she got it. And you also worked with, you know, this dancer Aaron. Um, yeah, Aaron Jarreau. Know, Aaron Jarreau, beautiful. Who, just one of the most beautiful dancers I've ever seen. Became a muse of Perry Farrell, and yeah. you know, just um, effortless. Just uh, so noir and dark and and but and beautiful and graceful and the stuff that you did at the Ford with them, mm-hmm. you know, and RJ mm-hmm. and um, and Dom and you know Scott and Scott, you know, and and, and they're uh, all still working. There was also this thing that you did that I can't find online anymore. But it was to Kate Bush's song. Oh, yeah, that duet. Um, yeah, and you called it Man, Child, Woman, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. But it was Kate Bush's song called um, the, the, the Man with the Child in mm-hmm. His Eyes. I think that's what it's called. And this was around the time, I think, that you met Paul. I mean, I read into it. Like, who knows what was in your mind. But I'll it was, never tell. You needn't. <laughs> but, you know, it was just like... There, it was this very intimate um, duet between two people. It was called Man, Child, Woman. And not that long after that, you got married and had a child. So I just thought, like, there was something being manifest in that work that I just thought... I It's always honestly been my favorite piece of yours. Um, I've never... I mean, there's other pieces that are edgier and you know, like more visceral and things, but I, I that piece I, I'll never forget. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. What's your process <laughs> for choreographing? Do you have like, will you come into like a rehearsal with specific dancers in mind and specific movements? It's different every time. Mm. Depends. Mm-hmm. If it's a job, it's one way. If it's your own company and your own freedom? My own work. Um, I will generally have the music. Mm-hmm. And I will have possibly strong images in my mind mm. that may not like tableaus, kind of. Or? No, like say a chalk circle around a body, mm. or a gesture. I did something for Dina and Zach. Did Congress? They had a benefit. It wasn't a benefit. It was a show to, to um, promote, you know, choreographers' work in LA mm-hmm. in November, and. They asked me to do a piece, so I did a new piece. And I just had, I struggled with finding the music. I did a triptych, so I did three t- small pieces of music, mm-hmm. three dancers. And then I had just gestures or ideas and images that came to my head, like a chalk circle around a body, and then like a tuning fork, things mm-hmm. that don't make any sense, really. Right. They're not related, but somehow they are in a way that I don't really understand yet, and I mm-hmm. just go with it. A lot of your work in Hysterica, I noticed, especially as it got kind of like edgier and the music got edgier, Mm -hmm. in my my impression, Mm -hmm. 
was a lot about like you know from the inside out and things exploding and and just and shapes and uh, you know like rib cages exploding hearts exploding whatever yeah. just yeah. like it and um you know i don't know like you would know better like the the really i think fascinating collaboration that you had over those years with Ryan yeah um, I think is really fascinating to watch I see some of you in yeah. his continuing work yeah. and obviously like you guys influenced each other yeah um, you know you've taken a little bit of a you know different path and you're choreographing for operas and ballets and you know and 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 television and yeah. film and things. And so you've also, made a beautiful film. Yeah. That I just is, made my second. Did you really? Yeah. And I'm also directing. Because so the first one is um, called The Yellow Room. The Yellow Room, which I've short seen. Dance film. Yes. And it's yes, I showing it in festivals all over the world yeah. right now. Doing it won the well. best short experimental at the Paris International mm-hmm. Film Festival mm-hmm. and a few mm-hmm. others as mm-hmm. well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Is it available for our listeners to see anyway? Um. Yeah. Actually, if you, actually, I think it is available. I made it public, so. Great. We'll put the link on. If you want, if you're able to and want to, we can put it in the announcements of this on SoundCloud and Instagram. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll just put it in to our you know the description of the episode. That was a beautiful piece. Thank you. I loved it. The lighting. It was very. It was simple but beautiful. Which is was a first for you. I mean, for it's the first film I've directed. Yes. And also, I've been directing. Like I'm going back to LA Phil and I'm directing and choreographing for them. Mm. They have a series of Symphony for Youth where they the orchestra plays and they there's like a dramatized either dance narrative which I love. Mm. Yeah. Or there's text and dance, but I've been directing the and choreographing those as well, which is phenomenal. And how did you end up, um, you know, I don't know if it was dovetailing with like hysterica, kind of like moving in a different direction or winding down, but you then started to choreograph opera, you know, and starting with the LA Opera and yeah. um, and through you, I actually have seen some. A couple that you didn't uh, uh, choreograph, but I've, I've just seen some really beautiful operas with like unusual dance, mm-hmm. you know, in them. Um, at the LA Opera with Placido Domingo and yeah. other people, like, how did that happen? How did, how did that arise? I got really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Sergio Trujillo, uh, he a beautiful had been hired. choreographer, Be- does a lot of Broadway. Yes. Well, he had been hired to do Romeo and Juliet for LA Opera, but mm. then he got a Broadway show. Ah. Mm. So he recommended me, thank God, and, you know, so I did my first opera. And it was really intense, because it was very different from anything I had done. Mm. You have very limited time, you have to come, and the director told me, he's like, you cannot play. I know your background with contemporary and doing concert dance, you have to come in, you have 30 minutes of staging to do. It was you Ian have, who directed uh-huh, that, right? Ian yeah. Judge. Mm-hmm. You have 30 minutes of, of this whole mm-hmm. beginning of the opera to stage, and you have about 10 hours wow. something like to do everything. So that's really like, like you come in and you tell the people, so you're going to go here and you're going to do this yeah. and you're going to make this movement, and this is how the stage picture is going. And you're dealing yeah. with people who have their own limitations. It's not like the... 
Like, Sometimes you know, I have dancers, but right. for Romeo and Juliet, I had singers. Right. Sure. So and singers don't necessarily put scene. their legs over their head. No. <laughs> no. Right. So it's not like auditioning dancers who like, okay, like, here's what I do. Can you do it? No. And it's like, no, here's who's cast. you got to make them yeah. do this. Yeah. You're like, you turn in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> that, that opera was um, Rolanda Villazon and Annie Nutrevko, who were like superstar Mm. hot burning white stars of opera mm -hmm. I remember seeing luckily, it luckily I beautiful. didn't know who they were <laughs> or I would have been paralyzed because uh, right. I had to choreograph them right and they were like huge mega stars but oh, that helps that you're not but so but you obviously handled it well I mean you went in with your lovely way about you you have a lovely way about you, you. I've, I've almost very never calming. so calming Thank you. Maybe it was your departure that made me less calm here. Oh. So many horrible things happened oh, no. since you left here. <laughs> That's not on you. That's on me. But you are calming. I'm remembering that. Ah, <laughs> uh, just exercising demons from so, this place. So, so with the operas, because some some pieces don't they? There's like a priest, like there's a choir. Like maybe the Nutcracker is George Balanchine's version, which uh -huh. is like a defined uh -huh. choreographed piece. Uh -huh. Do you ever have to do somebody else's choreography and relate it, or do I've you had get to... to to adapt uh, existing productions. I've never mm -hmm. really done someone else's choreography. Right. A few times I've gotten to do like with Romeo and Juliet, and then this Traviata. Mm -hmm. I've done like two different versions of Traviata. One is my original version, which mm -hmm. I got to do with uh, Marta Domingo, who's Plasto's wife. And she had this vision of an Art Deco Traviata. Mm. So she gave me images of all these Art Deco statues in different positions, and that's mm. what she wanted the choreography to be like. Nice. Oh, so all the girls were cool. in like gold, spangly bikinis, and they're all painted white. So they're like statues have come to life. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. And then Romeo and Juliet was original. And then other productions It's not a terrible are, parameter to have to deal no. with. You know, that's nice. Yeah. I like that. And the man was like a panther. He was stalking them. They were fawns. Mm. Sort of Shahrazad <laughs> meets... Will, it, will an opera show fun. have like a dance... Sometimes. ...dance company that... Yeah, that, in San Francisco they do. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and so the, then in you... In Europe I think of, they do. But here we pick them up. Mm, right. So. You pick them up as in they will hire out yeah, people hire that aren't necessarily person. a part of the company. Gotcha. Yeah, they don't have any dancers in the company. Right. But it's, LA Opera is a fantastic place to work. And like, I feel you would think, yeah. very I mean, it's lucky. Lavish. Yeah, and, and you know, they take care of everything. Mm -hmm. Unlike Hysterica, when you go to work at the opera, mm -hmm. they do the scheduling, they hire everyone, they take care of everything. You walk, you walk in the door. There's two, three stage managers there to support you. Right. You have a pianist. You're not like making the company happen. Right. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it's and they treat you really, really well. Mm -hmm. So I'm. I mean, I've been working there for. Before I had my child, so. Fourteen years. Oh wow. Not every year, That's but off nice. and on. So where do you come in in the process? The show. At the beginning. Oh, so you're kind of working in, in conjunction with the director from the very start, mm -hmm. idealizing what the show's going to be. It depends on the show, but... Mm -hmm. the, yeah, I mean, they'll assemble a creative team and then yeah. take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're also doing some ballet and work I with am. the L.A. Phil. What are you doing with the L.A. Phil? Um, I'm doing Bolero, Ravel's Bolero, 
but it's actually rap, city espanol, and then bolero. Hmm. And I'm directing and choreographing that, so that'll be amazing. What does Rhapsody Espanol mean? What do you it's mean? a suite of Spanish dances. I'm doing quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> that Ravel composed. Oh, okay. So it's two Ravel pieces. And Bolero's so interesting. And, the, the and what dancer pool are you pulling from for that? This is auditions? more narrative. Okay. So I will, I will hold auditions, but it's more narrative. It's a story story kind of a story ballet with text and uh, Ravel's mother was of Basque descent Mm -hmm. and he loved Spanish music Mm -hmm. and she would play Spanish music for him Mm. and the story that that has been developed is like this dad and his daughter and the mother has passed on and so the daughter is longing for the mother and you know the magic of music can kind of remember her and the mother comes back and Oh, but wow. it's, it's told through drama and through movement. Is there going to be a fair amount of repetition since Bolero? Well, the as first, a piece the, is very... most of the narrative is in the Rhapsody Espanol. Okay, okay. So That's Bolero about... is just kind of a little bit of a counterpoint to the main. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Nathan is also a classical musician. Oh, very, very talented. In addition amazing. to being an actor and a writer, <laughs> very talented. Um, yeah, I studied piano oh. and for still play for like the last. 24 Plays years. Yeah, remarkably played. well. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, very, very talented. Played so also, you know. Yeah, trumpet, and I was in marching band, played tuba, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, and know. and also did musicals as well, and, you know, grew up on the stage. Has a master's have, in acting. I have a master's degree in acting, yeah. Studied, <laughs> studied a lot of movement-based things, like Laban and um, Grotowski, which is more of like an acting-based movement method, sure. Suzuki, but also studied some dance, because... You have to. You have to. You really do. It's so important because the physical movements of your body is such a big part of your instrument as an actor. Totally. I mean, dancers really distill that more into like into a much grander thing, but but actors must have that, you know? In co- incorporation with voice, which doesn't necessarily play as big of a role maybe in dance. You know, I don't I, you you're making me think of the production of Burn This, which um which I saw John Malkovich and Joan mm-hmm. Allen do in 1987 um on Broadway, which was one of the most spectacular theater pieces I've ever seen, but she plays in Burn This a choreographer, choreographer. Hmm. and you can whatever dance training she had you saw it. I mean, that People went nuts over um, Malkovich's performance, which was amazing. I was more focused on Joan Allen, who I just saw again in uh, the Waverly Gallery um, with Elaine May and um, Lucas Hedges and Michael Sarah. Um, and again, she was brilliant. But whatever training she had in Steppenwolf and before that, in movement... She really captured and burned this in '87. I think well, she's I way think underrated. You can to be a good actor. Didn't you also do? You, you, I did a production of Burn This. Yeah, who, who was in it? Doesn't matter. Um, but uh, but Baba I, danced in it. What were you gonna I, say? I saw that, and then weirdly, we're about to go see Christina Haig, who's an actress. Yeah. Because um, we're all gonna go to see. Um, Maddie Corman's Accidentally Brave. That's right. Um, tonight. Um, which oh, I'm, you're going to see it? Yeah. Oh, which perfect. Which is actually how, it's how I know that it was happening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because I knew, actually, because I know Maddie, I, I knew that it was happening in New York, but I didn't know about this reading. So I'm very happy to be seeing that. Christina's also coming. 
she did a wonderful production of Burn This, where she played the Joan Allen character. Um, she's a really wonderful actress, Christina. I don't know if you know her. I don't think so. Maybe not. Um, doesn't matter. Um, but yes, no, I remember seeing the one that you did. That Jessica Kobzanski directed, and then she had me create the scene. Was it at the Open Fist? No, it was no, at the Odyssey. Else. Okay. And then she had me create the what she would have choreographed. Right, which is what unusual. The character, character would have choreographed, and it was in bet- it was layered in, in between. It was a beautiful way to do it, because I've never seen anyone do that. I mean, because they just talk about the dance that she created out of her relationship with yeah. Pale. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, it's such a beautiful play. I loved it. Um, but I'll never forget the two of them. But again, everyone focused on him. I was focused on her. I think she's brilliant. Well, I think in order to be a good actor, you have to have that body awareness. Mm. Absolutely. And there's so much that you can I say think. through movement, even maybe if you're not a virtuoso, at perhaps yeah. specific technical skills, like ideas like repetition and mm-hmm. kinesthetic response and distance and spatial relationship, mm-hmm. all of those things. Mm-hmm. Not only do we engage with as actors on stage, but in our daily lives, we are all playing that movement game with each other as a social idea Mm -hmm. and also something that I believe is that movement is life the more move the more you're able to move the longer you're going to be living and being alive Mm. if you're if you're sedentary that that's That's interesting that's equal to death I think we actually talked I so agree with that and we talked about that on a previous episode with Rob Grad um, you know who's just I was just sitting here with the two of you. He's super thin. You're in amazing shape. I'm like trying to undo <laughs> the ravages of my mistakes Eric. and things. No, but you know, he was like, I think what Rob said at the time was just like, just keep it moving. You know, it's like mm. if you, that's how, like, just keep moving. And that I love hiking. I love getting up in the morning, hitting the mountain at 7 a.m., doing an hour long hike. Yeah. I've even now started running again, which I think at my age, I, you know, I, I do a little run-walk, but that's what I did on the cross-country team with my you know, coach. Um, I didn't know you were in cross-country. Yeah, I mean, I hated it, but I was much more <laughs> of a swimmer, and I loved that. Mm. But, um, but when I did cross-country, our, our workouts were run-walk, you know, like run for two minutes, walk for 30 seconds or whatever, sure. like through miles through Van Cortland Park in the Bronx. Um, and, um, and then you would like, you find yourself being able to like have this second wind as you know, in these long, long distance races, right? Because somehow you had that in you. Didn't you know? we do that around the reservoir? I'm sure we did. Tried. I'm sure I did cross country. Remember? Too. Yeah, we used, we used to walk to try, around the yeah. Hollywood Reservoir, yeah. which got closed for a while. I'm sure it's reopened, but I don't really take that route anymore. But yeah, we used to do that. I mm-hmm. I now go to like you know Griffith Park to the right by the Greek Theater, do an amazing uh, trail through a friend that introduced me to it. Um, I also can walk straight out from wherever yeah. it is that yeah. I live yeah. and. And uh, do a nice little trail here. And there's a nice little running trail that, you know, for a long time I was like, I'm too old. I can't run. But I did it this morning and I've been doing it for the last few days. Amazing. Um, that is fantastic. I can, like, and I, 
It's such a great way to start the day. Yeah, absolutely. I never absolutely. once have regretted a morning run or a morning hike because things just fall into place and you're like, I'm energized for the day. Mm-hmm. And that energy keeps you going even through even through a podcast where you're having a little sparkling rosé can make you a little tired. But no, no. No, I'm energized. fully energized. I'm fully energized. I'm at the peak of my powers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any sort of... <laughs> Oh my god, how much do I adore Kitty McNamee? Kitty McNamee, everyone, she's here. Oh, how fun. Oh my god. Do you have a, a, a physical Cutty exercise Sark. routine? I walk. You walk, yeah. Yeah, and then teach dance class. I will tell that story. I mean, um, just that um, Kitty and I, at, when we were, um, uh, you know, madly in love with each other and roaming the world, um, <laughs> Uh, before you know, before she met her true love and and had a sure, child, sure. Um, we uh, read in Vanity Fair this beautiful um, article about Greta Garbo, who like who is more fabulous than Greta Garbo? No one. Like she was the one, you know. And as you know, as someone like the object of people's desire, of course, like like the camera wanted her, directors wanted her, every, the world, the world wanted her. She was like, I want to be alone. But so she, you know, lived wherever she wanted to live. But at times, I think when she was back in Hollywood, I think. Um, I think so. After her career, you know, she, she had a place in New York. She had suite. Wherever she went, it was her business. Who cares? But she lived somewhere in Hollywood, in L.A., and she had, you know, her next door neighbor was a writer, unfortunately for him, because he captured it, you know, for for, uh, for, for Vanity Fair. She wanted to be loved. She didn't want this to be written about, whatever. But she knocked on his door one, you know, at one point, and she came with an empty glass, and she said, Gutty Sark, which was, you know, which is like a whiskey, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, it's Cutty Sark, but she couldn't say that. She said Gutty Sark. So... So, I feel like I've heard you say that before. Yes, but yes, yes. Kitty so we or both, anybody to relate. We both with you read about it. this, and it reminded us of what Kitty would do, or what we just would naturally do. We would like, you know, at the end of the day, if we both happened to be here, we would get together and have a little. You know, it, when Kitty says Cutty Sark, she she means champagne. Sure. So, <laughs> she's like, I want whiskey, Chompers. <laughs> <laughs> but so she literally started. Such a she started doing. She started doing that. She would like, you know, it was usually pre-planned, not like surprise, but, but you know, she would like, you know, come with a glass and say Cutty Sark and. That was my cue to open the champagne, and we'd have a lovely oh, unwinding of the day. That's so yeah. sweet. And we've done that again years later here Tonight. on this podcast. On this podcast. Yeah, why not? Why not? Maybe why? Maybe why I wanted to do it. I don't know what Nathan's motivation was, but this may be why. I, I mean, it's, to do it. it's another person. I would come over to your house and we pop a bottle of champagne. <laughs> That's We've true. We've our own Getty Sark. That's true. We've been doing that ourselves. I, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should develop a code word for us. There you go. Ours is like, are you ready for the podcast? Boop. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but it's really. Um, that I just wanted to, to tell that story about Greta Garbo because it's just you know we we that's uh, that was something that we did. So um, I love the direction that your career is taking into directing and directing films. 
I, I'm not going to name him, but I remember this very this this model man about town who I you know Brad spent, Pitt no someone I spent <laughs> he became a producer I spent some time with him at the Cannes Film Festival but he was all he was a big fan of yours and a, a supporter and he was always saying like ah oh, you know I think Kitty should do a film and do this and that and he never made anything happen with it you know, that's his specialty but um, <laughs> but uh, but you did you I made did. it happen you didn't need him to help you with it no no. And you, you're doing it, and you will do more of it. What What are your thoughts on... on I, I love movement film. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I love ca- that. I mean, I, I think... It's know, hard to capture, really. It's kind of hard to make a cinemagraphic piece that's yeah. also dance-oriented but, and have it look... But Kitty knows how to do it, as does Ryan... Yeah. Ryan's figured it out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but, um, but I love that you're doing that so you're not subject to someone else's vision, some right. director who's right. like, all right, I'm going to train the camera here, and you need to have these people twirl through this shot there. Yeah. No, I like you do it. You do it. What's your you new know? short film? It's called Bird and Haft, mm-hmm. and it's a collaboration with an artist called Laura Schnitger, and... Um, she does these incredible sculptural pieces. Mm. She she does, she works in fabric, and um, three dimensional objects, and mm. she's uh, oh wow that's really interesting. Look at the three dimensional sculpture I, we have right here. I saw that. It's a, Fascinating. Um, Our previous podcast guest made that. Desi Grisham's really. Prince. Mm-hmm. This is Prince uh, done in a the style of Dia de los Muertos. I love it. It's a, yeah Calavera. We uh, posted is, it on our Instagram. Um, it's all paper mache. It I, is? Mm-hmm. Really? All paper. I love Prince, and now I live with Prince. Aww. Prince is my new housemate. housemate. <laughs> so she works in in sculptural fabric and textile? Yeah. She's and, incredible. And so how did you guys kind of collab together? Um... Our daughters are the same age. Oh. And oh my saw, gosh, it was like a mom thing? Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. I love that. Yeah. But And, I, and I've and i seen her work for a long time, but mm. then I saw these pieces and I was like, oh my God, those have to be danced in. Mm. And then we decided to make them into, you know, into like a film with them. So her pieces, are they clothing or are they more... No, she's done clothing, but they're usually like panels on the wall. Sometimes mm. they're three-dimensional. Mm. But um, you saw them and she like, this could be on a dancer. In galleries. Yeah, she's with Anton Kern and big galleries. And so the dancers all wear stuff that she's created in... They're backpacks. They're oh, like sculptural okay. backpacks. Interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did that so affect the choreography? That that you've already made? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it out? Not yet. No, it's about to but set the world on fire. You didn't do the festival circuit. The fabric, uh, the 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 materials are like long, thin sticks, and then what would be the interior of suitcases, mm. like strips of fabric. Yeah. And they're these gigantic woven backpacks. So. Wow. And it deals with beautiful. immigration. Is that? It deals with migration and the the idea of burden and carrying everything you have mm. with you. And I get it that because being able to settle and letting it go. Yes, Love. I'm doing the KonMari method by Marie Kondo right now. Oh, you so are my whole place. Yes, really? so I'm, I'm dealing with literally every object in me and my boyfriend's life, 
and 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 literally touching everything I own, holding on to it, giving it a moment, saying, "Do I? Is this something that's important to me now and for the future? If not, thank you. I'm letting you go. If yes, I'm keeping you until I only have things I love left in my life. Literally, that's what like I've been You're working on it right for now? like last week and a half. Yes, really? Today, it this takes morning, a long, a long time, I was working I on it. Yeah. I have been doing that, and actually, someone, um, someone helped me in a, in a very lovely way to begin to pare down. People have tried to help many times. I, I mean, I, I will say that I'm a bit of a hoarder, and but I, I'm getting rid of things, especially to make room for new things. You know, my father sold his house recently, and. Um, have some things from there. Um, yeah, when you bring space into your life, you leave space for new things to come about. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I love the, the energy of letting go, you know, and just like getting rid of things, you yeah. know, that we don't need. And it's so funny. And I love the way that you described that. It's so nice. I'm really getting it all from her book, which is great if you haven't read it. But yeah, she talks a lot about how when we, when we, have I something have to that, read it now. When we have something I'll that's... Oh, I'll help you. Yeah, sure. I, I do your house <laughs> for you. When we have something okay. that we don't use or, or, or we put away somewhere, or even if we just don't touch it or acknowledge it for a while, it becomes hidden, even if it's in plain sight. Yeah. If, we don't, if we don't literally touch it and give it a moment, we don't see it anymore. And yep. so many of the things in our life and in our house just become hidden and we ignore them. And so the process is literally about w- literally waking everything up. What do we need? What do we use? I mean, I actually did a, a little reality show pilot about this. No one bought it. Thank you very much. But it was called I Love You, But I Don't Love That. Yes. Oh. And it, I, you should see the little sizzle reel. It's quite good. We got a lot of meetings out of it. Whatever. Um, but uh, Maybe it was a rough draft for a better TV show. You one. know what? We could still sell it. Who knows? I don't care. Um, but no, it was about um, couples helping each other purge things that they don't need. Clothing specifically, but just like, yeah. you know, like that doesn't suit you, you know, get rid of it and get something new. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a very like shrewd concept, I guess, I because think you so. can then have sponsors and stores and things like that. But I. There's an element to what you're saying. I mean, you're saying it in a very lovely kind of spiritual way, but it's not dissimilar from what we were doing with that. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I think when you give it that spiritual... that When you think about it in that way, you're able to kind of take it in on a deeper well, level. And let's, now, let, let's, uh, let's wrap it up and bring it back yes, to yes, Kitty. Yes, 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 yes. Kitty is here. She's now just watching us talk. Like, <laughs> you know what? I have, I have a child. I have a husband who's about to hit me up. <laughs> husband who's on his way. en route. He may be some of the sounds that you, we've heard on our various vibrating devices. Uh, I mean phones. You know, yeah. just texts and things like that. Sorry. I'm not trying to get, um, you know, at all. Inappropriate. I mean, if you've listened to the podcast, which I know you haven't, we do get wildly inappropriate at times. But you depending, do? Yes. We've, we've had a porn director on. I mean, we've... we've scandalous. Is, we've we've discussed scandalous things. My but genital piercing that I had at one point oh, in my see, life. now you're bringing that in. comes up like every Now you're episodes. bringing that into this space. <laughs> this sacred space. The kitty 
Is she doesn't want to talk about that. No. She we needs. don't have to talk about it. No it's on a, and plenty of other episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But and, but Kitty needn't expose herself to them. No, no. Or it, or engage in discussions about them. Absolutely not. We are thrilled that you came um, here and that we got to talk about your creative journey from you know from Ohio to the present day. Yes. Still going. Still, still growing. West still Virginia. Going. Still going. Oh, you're right. That's where you were born, right? West Virginia. Yeah, you paid more attention than I did. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I forgot that, yeah. Ohio, though, was the yeah. true... Um, that's where you sprang yes. from, truly. The true place to escape from. Yes. Sure. And, and now you're here, blazing a trail. I look forward to like more visual work. Yeah. From you know, film, digital media, whatever it is. Yeah, and we'll post links to Yellow Room and also um, some Hysterica pieces that are available online for our, our listeners. Of course, yes. Yeah. No, I mean, well, you the, do to my website. Exactly. We will link. On there. We'll link to your website, but we'll also maybe link to Hysterica's website, which has you know that's the old school yeah. stuff. Yeah. That you know that dance TV interview. Yeah. That lovely piece about Hysterica X. Oh yeah, um, that was fun. That was good times. Yeah, those that was good times. It was a nice celebration of the work that you did, yeah. you know, and you had real champions in this town um, at the LA Times and true. Um, among, you know, very, yeah, and thanks <laughs> and, and others who supported you as patrons and things like, you know, just yeah. um, your work mattered. And I was very thankful to witness and do whatever I could to help get it out there. Um, so it's so lovely to have you here. Thank you for coming on. That was so, so fun. Yeah, I'm so, so glad fun. you enjoyed. I did. And I hope listeners, if you've made it to this long, hope you enjoyed as well. Please uh, check out, you know, all of Kitty's links and check out links to, you know, our episodes. Yeah, Thank you to so the back much. Catalog. Thank I don't, you. I mean, I'm really like, I look at the SoundCloud things and see where people are listening all around the world. Um, it is fascinating to see. I, you know, I don't know. Jakarta, it could Taiwan. be a few second mistake from some other link. I don't know. But if you are listening, thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.